From where you are waiting underneath the stairs, you hear the crowd impatiently waiting for the start of the poem battle. You see lines and flickers of light between feet and seats. Glimpses of the empty stadium floor. You catch a glimpse of the Duke surrounded by guards moving through the crowd and sitting down at the front. A goblin with a floor-length, shiny, reflective duster struts out into the centre of the otherwise empty stadium floor. He plops down a wooden box and then climbs on top of it. The crowd falls silent. Pregnant pause hangs in the air as everyone waits. The goblin produces a cylindrical device and holds it up to his face. A magical increasing cone. A microphone. A mic. Ah, I like it. And says through the mic, Welcome to the Tri-Town Tournament. The War of the Flows. The Battle of the Bards. The annual Moundtown, Poundtown, Downtown Poetry Battle. The crowd goes wild. And the goblin pauses a moment before continuing. I will be your guide through this year's battle. Your arbiter of the artistry, Trumblesword. The goblin again pauses for celebration, but this time it's a much smaller response from the crowd, and Tremblesword quickly covers his visible disappointment. We have nine competitors, three from downtown, three from Poundtown, and despite the circumstances, three from Moundtown. They will compete in a knockout-style tournament throughout today, with the prize being two invitations to the king's wedding. Ultimately, we all know the real prize is boasting rights for the winning town. Before we get started, we need to take a moment to acknowledge the loss of someone dear to all of us, Ferdinand Reginald, the reigning champion of the battle, who was murdered in cold blood. Let us have a moment of silence for Reginald. As the reigning champion, he would have automatically qualified for the final round of the tournament. So... Because of the tragedy of his loss, we have given that automatic qualification to his brother, Ferdinand Reginald. <laughs> I love how everyone in this universe, if they're brothers, apart from us, has like have the similar same names <laughs> with a different letter. <laughs> Their parents got really uncreative. And which one came first, do you think? Ferdinand, ah, uh, Ferdinand. Now, uh, now, without further ado, let me introduce to you our first two poets as we begin round one. Hailing from our current location downtown, we have Svet. A tall, muscly, hairy figure emerges from below the stairs on the other side of the stadium from where you stand. The massive bugbear waves at the crowd as he jogs towards the center of the stadium. From Moundtown comes a new name in the poetry world, Axel. Your no last name? I've never heard of this. Oh, that's that's me. Oh, oh, I'm going. I'm going. You jog out onto the sand. The sound of the crowd is deafening as they roar and shout and shriek. You see thousands of people gathered watching in the stadium. You see the Duke and his retinue down the front and Tremble Sword, the goblin, gestures towards the two of you. We'll have a fair battle. I will flip the coin and we will determine who goes first. He flips a gold coin and as it's in the air, he says, Heads, Axel. Tails, Svet. And it comes up. Heads. He hands you the... 
What? Do I then get to choose who goes first? No, you get to go first. <laughs> he should have made that clear. I realize. Oh, it's very ambiguous. It's his first time doing this job. Uh, yeah, it's just not the kind of just just not the kind of organization I expect from the downtown pound town. Look, downtown, he's replacing people. his brother, Pemble Horde. <laughs> <laughs> Blemble board. <laughs> Uh, may you rest in peace. <laughs> Forever in our hearts. Uh, so he hands you the microphone and steps back, gesturing for you to go. Wait, did I miss what the microphone was? Uh, micro, micro cone, right? Uh, it's a magical oh. increasing cone, I think I said. Yeah, okay. so a magical in- for magical, yeah, increasing it's ICR. Just like it's a megaphone. A so microcone or mincrocone, really. I just wanted you to be able to say mic. <laughs> All right. I liked it. <clears throat> so the crowd goes silent, waiting with bated breath as Axel leans in to the microphone. Microcone. Yes. The microcone. Yeah. The Michael cone. <laughs> Michael cone. <laughs> no, because it's a magical M increase. <laughs> Ming- it's, it's a mincrocone. It was invented by Mr. Michael Cone. <laughs> <laughs> and his brother, Dykel Cone. <laughs> Well, it was actually invented by Dykel Cone, but um, it was stolen. Because apparently everyone with the same name dies, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was actually died before seeing his vision. Suspicious, comp. that one. Yeah. Anyway, I grabbed the Michael Cone. <laughs> <laughs> I grabbed Michael's Cone. Uh, no. As they call it. <clears throat> it's even in the name, this fate-forsaken region. I can't believe they hosted despite the obvious reasons. This town is just a stopgap. No one has ever stayed here. The only thing appealing is no mountainous terrain here. The food they grow is subject to much contamination. The toxic runoff comes from higher elevation. It grows food quick, but with none of its charms, which is good for the downtown and for the farms. Makes a quick buck for a sucker from Felice. Give them a potato fertilized with grease. Black sticky ichor which fuels all our engines, will have their intestines filling with tension. Loosen the bowels like a valve on the hillside. Downtownians are used to this particular thrill ride. The plumbing and pipes are just more for the farms. So let's get pumping so nobody starves. The crowd roars. Uh, and also the bugbear lets out a... <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Hatchet produces a drink out of nowhere and, <laughs> and drops the Michael cone on the ground. <laughs> Tremble so it gets off of his box and like scurries towards the Michael cone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's changing every time. The Michael cone. It's actually a micro microphone. <laughs> uh, and he picks up the micro cone and hands it to Svet. The bugbear. Svet the bugbear grins uh, and says, Feels hardly worth it at this point. You sound a little scared there, my man. Not scared, just impressed. I entered this on a bet. Yes, uh, d- didn't didn't expect a downtownian to be able to even put two words together, let alone make it this far. <laughs> uh, and he pulls the microphone to his mouth. Mountain town, pound town, I'll take you downtown. Mountain town, clown town, can't be found town. Gone but not not forgotten. 
death, theft, and murder. That's what you've begotten. Now, Mountown's legacy, I've got sympathy because I can see how this thing all ends. You leaving with your tail between your legs, me with my tail between the queen's legs. And he grabs at his crotch region. (laughs) (laughs) And the crowd roars with laughter. Uh, and you see the Duke's guards stand to their feet as the crowd roars. Several guards begin making their way towards the auditorium floor. Svet glances around, seeing them approaching, and races for the exit. Well, it seems Svet has been disqualified for inappropriate rhymes regarding the royals. So, the winner is Axel! Uh, and the crowd applauds loudly. I would have been the winner anyway, right? You were... You were kind of vibing my my style. Round two. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Sorry, it's it's not actually round two. That it's still round that was one. Good, though. I like the timing. Hatchet slash Axel leaves the stage, uh, and two more competitors come up. You witness Benner Farmer coming up, and he is battling a downtownian. Benner quickly wins that battle. Uh, you see a uh, elven figure come up next, and she she battles a poundtownian, and then Frank is called up. Frank, no, do do all the poems, Jim. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I'd be like, wow, it sounds like so interesting. All these poems. Um, you mean gun? Yes. So gun is called hailing from. Mound Town, another new entrant, the cousin to Axel, Gun. Hi, yeah, it's um, it's Gun Cousin actually, as well. That's my name, as well as me, my relation to my cousin. Hailing from Pound Town, Heidel, uh, and a dwarven woman saunters onto the stadium floor, and the coin is thrown. Heads, Gun. Tail, Heidel. Ah, uh, and it comes up. Heads. He hands you the microcone. As in gun? Yes. Yeah, you, uh, you gun. Frank holds it the other way around where the, the skinny end comes out <laughs> and starts playing it like a kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> and then spins it around and be like, My name is Gun. Welcome to my show. My game is fun and Poundtown blows. They only think of industrial development despite their pyrotechnical envelopment. Where else would fire be so remorseless than the town burning coal and mineral resources? And don't get me started on carbon emissions. Even goblins say it's hotter by their own admission. Poundtown is smoky, smelly and hot. All of the people's minds are lost. They work so busy with filthy creations, all for the sake of their innovations. But such is the plight of a town run by pounds. The town people suffer while their broke belly grows round. The town grows and prospers like a prize made for slaughter, and the mayor might make trade for his sons and daughters. The crowd shouts and screams and stomp their feet. They seem to be really into what you're laying down. The dwarf reaches for the microcone and starts to spit her palms. Sorry, (laughs) I go to a dwarf voice. This is my dwarf voice. This is my dwarf female voice. (laughs) Boy, you don't even seem to know what you're saying. Them pounds, they've been slaving. Constantly working at saving. Yeah, and plenty of trading, but only because they're saving the bacon. Yeah, we got industry and invention. You got bigotry and misapprehension. It's not you attracting attention like the bear just mentioned. Your little mound town can't be found now. 
Absent from the landscape, but at every herald I'm agape. How those killers continue to escape. You got murderous brothers in crime, and somehow you think you can lecture us in rhyme? Little mound town? Can't be found town, and yet growing in renowned town. Building quite the reputation as a place for killers to vacation. And she drops the micro- microcone and steps back. And Tremblesword quiets the crowd with his hands. He waves the crowd down, and he says, Let's hear it! For... Gun! Uh, and I need you to roll a dice. Okay. I was wondering if we were going to dice roll. I was like thinking about D20 roller and then I'm like, no, he's not going to make me roll for poems. Roll for, for, <laughs> roll for audience poetry. reaction. Uh, yeah, uh, 17 actually. Quite good. Brilliant. All right. Uh, the crowd loses their collective minds. They are shouting, they are screaming, they are hollering. Uh, Tremblesword attempts to quiet them down, but they continue to roar their pleasure. Uh, eventually, they do taper off, and he says, And let's hear it for Heidel. Uh, and the crowd again roars, but you can tell it's distinctly not as loud. Yay, I'm the winner. My name is Gun Cousin, everybody. Remember the name, Gun Cousin. And then I turn to Heidel, and I say, Gun Cousin, <laughs> remember the name. <laughs> I'll remember the name. And she spits on the ground. That's incredibly disgusting. The day before, the two of you were in the green room of the stadium. You had just been eating some food. You weren't describing the mouthfeel of the food to me, but you wanted to. And as you were in that room, you could see several figures. And one of those figures was a tall, gaunt-looking man with long blonde hair. And he had approached you and said, hello, brothers. Hi. What, uh, what, what's your name? My name is Benna Farmer. Nice to meet you in person, Frank Hatchet. Do you, do you know either of us? Have you ever met either of us? No, we have never met in person. Ha- when did you leave? I... I've never been to Mound Town, so I didn't leave. I was born elsewhere. How, how do you know that we're your brothers? I've heard enough about you by now to know Hatchet and Frank when I see them. And I'm sure the guards, once I point you out to them, they will know you too. You don't have to do that. Why should I not? Give me one good reason why I would not. Because you're my brother. Brothers look out for each other. Or at least that's what I think, as far as my experience goes. The man kind of looks uncomfortable. It's never meant anything till now. I don't see why it should mean anything now. Well, I mean, it's entirely the the value you place on it, I suppose. But I'd like to meet you at least if you claim to be my brother. Give you an opportunity to fulfill that part of my life if you want to. You're, You're criminals. You're on the run. I'm not. I'm not doing this. That's what you know of us. I won't report you to the guards, but I am going to crush you in this competition. Yeah, okay. Aren't we playing for the same side? Technically, yes. But the prize will be mine and the recognition will be mine and people will be proud of me. Uh, And he kind of spins and (laughs) heads out the door. That guy's got some issues. Some quite glaring issues, I feel. Yes, definitely more questions than answers. Yeah. I mean, did anyone at home ever mention Benner? I've never met this man in my life. You don't have any 
recollection of a of a third member of the I mean fifth member of the family in photos or anything or I mean I suppose not right I don't I wouldn't trust him Frank yeah I think that's weird that, as far as we know he's figured out who we are and our last name but I don't know that he's provided enough uh, bona fides to uh, truly verify that he is our brother yeah probably well if he hasn't provided us with any evidence there is one way we can get the evidence for ourselves if you want yes what are you suggesting remember those where do we pick them up you remember those glasses we got with the, ah, like, from the university yeah do you, i i can do it if you want I yeah mean, i mean we never did use them we don't really know what they do but uh, i hand frank the glasses frank if anyone has a chance of getting through to a round where you might face off against banner it's you so hold on to these okay uh yeah well have you had anything written for the for the tournament yet, or um, you know, put, putting some stuff down? Uh, okay. You know me; I'm a, a bit of a, a fan of the classics. I don't uh, don't so much go for this um, slam poetry uh, battle style. You know. Do, I, do you want me to write it for you? No, I thought I thought I might do a, a classic. A, cl- a classic what? You know, like uh, poetry that speaks about um, the state of the world, or you know, about uh, something something artistic or. Okay. Uh, I haven't quite got that yet, but, uh, you know, just, you know. Who's your first subject? So it doesn't really matter. I'm not going to kind of focus on the opponent. I'm going to kind of express something uh, like an idea or wow. concept. So- sounds really good. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the classics. Follow remember, follow that thought, you know. Do you remember when we were when we were younger? And the, I feel like the, the poetry was so different then. It was it was less scathing and crass. I don't know. I don't really remember the poems. I just remember the fun we had, you know? Yeah. The crowds and like playing with all the people and Yeah. Lots of uh, loose pockets and Yeah. It was good fun. On the day of the poem battle, round two has begun. Frank has defeated Royce, the elven woman, and Hatchet, aka Axel, finds himself against Benner Farmer, aka their brother. So Axel heads out onto the floor where Benner is already standing, ready, stretching. Some intense poetry. Yeah, he's ready. Uh, Tremble sword again. Flicks the coin in the air. Heads, Axel. Tails, Benner. I couldn't find a coin, so I used a packet of tissues. <laughs> Did they land um, tissue up or bottom down? They, uh, bottom up. they landed tissues up, which I think that's is heads. heads. Yeah, that's heads. Yeah. So it's Axel first. All right. You're actually going to use that as the... That was my system. Why don't you just get a D20 roller and roll a D2? Oh, there is no D2. I like my system. I thought it was good. I mean, I guess you could roll a D20. I like my system. I thought it was good. The hatchet takes the Michael phone. The Michael cone. Microcone. <laughs> the microcone. <laughs> History is a tapestry, and fate is a loom ever spinning. 
it weaves with the cold calculation of curious child or a jilted lover. Under the breath of laughter, deep in the tide of tears, I hear the loom of the weaver that weaves the web of years. The leaves of the winter wither and sink into the forest mould to colour the flowers of spring with red, white and gold. Light and scent and music die and are born again in the heart of a grey-haired woman who wakes in a world of pain. The crowd is quiet. Wow, that was really good. And you see some looks of confusion and then people, they nod, like like they understood it. It just took them a second. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tremblesword says, All right, that was a bit more of a classic style on that one. Uh, it was a real thinker. All right, over to Brenna Farmer. Banner takes the mic. I don't just drop rhymes, I blow minds. When it comes to dope lines, I've got nine. And hey, you're not getting them. Those that are, it's only that I'm letting them. Other bards, I ain't sweating them because most of them, I find them better than. People always compete to be my biggest fan, but clearly I already am. Clearly backed this by popular demand, merely happiest with a mic in my hand. And I'll tell you what you don't understand. Run on home to our fatherland. Wipe your tears on all those happy memories. You and I were not enemies, but it takes centuries of energies for you to keep up with my reveries. Bard, please. You aren't a bard, just a bad. And he drops the mic, Krakone. And steps back and roll a dice for me. I've got a seven. <laughs> Is that a tough choice? Yeah. Yeah. All right. What do we do with a tough choice in this circumstance? I succeed in changing people's minds about the poetry meta. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm happy for that to be the case. It was, a, it was more of a moral victory <laughs> than anything. Because I like tried to express something artful and then he just like dissed me. Yeah. All right, so here's your tough choice. You can either have the victory or you can have the moral victory. (laughs) And the poem you've given will echo throughout time and it will change the meta of the competition. I will uh, take the moral victory because I don't have another poem. (laughs) I don't have another one prepared. (laughs) More like fartful. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, Yeah, well. That's that's what I imagine someone who (laughs) was... Slamming your poetry, would say. There's a downtownian being like, he thinks he's better than us. <laughs> uh, Tremblesword picks up the microcone. I don't know why you all keep having to drop this on the ground. Uh, and he says, all right, let's hear it. The classical stylings of Axel. Uh, and the you hear some like claps in the crowd and some like, woo, woo. <laughs> it seems like some people were really into it. Uh, and then... All right, and let's hear it for Benna Farmer. And the crowd goes nuts. They're losing their mind. Benna Farmer, it is. Uh, but that that poem, Axel, it, it made me feel feelings. Feelings I've not felt in a long, long time. <laughs> Deep in my goblin parts. <laughs> and my goblin hearts, all six of them. Not since my brother and I bimble board with <laughs> right together. <laughs> Uh, uh, and so <laughs> Benner has won and goes on to the next round, but Hatchet has been defeated.
the previous night, before the poem battle, you guys were settling down. You had unpacked the tent in the tin, Brel's tent in the tin. What location did you set up your tent in? Just the green room. <laughs> Inside the green room. <laughs> and it wasn't even at night. It was just like... Benner had just walked out we just and you were like... Pl- yeah. We just needed a home away from home, you know? Just throws the tent on the ground. <laughs> it activates by kicking it, right? I think that's what I did last yeah. time. Yeah, so he he got down and he kicked it. He kind of drop kicks it towards his location. Okay. And it's not so much that I chose the green room so much as it fell into the green room and opened up. So the tent opens up, taking up a good half of the green room. <laughs> One of the tables of food kind of gets knocked to the wall and the food slides down the wall onto the ground. Uh, But you guys are happily in your tent. So what do you care? What are you guys doing? Like, how are you preparing the night before? Stoking the magical pink fire on the wall. Or was it red or pink that we decided the color was? I don't know, Jesse. it was red. It's like you expect me to take good notes. It's like you expect me to listen to our podcast. I do. I just don't take very good notes. (laughs) Hatchet's writing down in the corner. He's like, Frank, does a loom spin? Is that a thing? Looms do looms spin? Um, I think so. They're like a, you know, in 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 like those really cool cars that they have in in Pound Town. We do not have cars in our world. <laughs> <laughs> we've like got Cameron skateboards. Shaft. We've got lots of other things. But I'm drawing the line at cars. They're like the Cameron shaft from Cars. You know, you know that thing that was invented by um, the brothers um, Steve and Dave. <laughs> I'm vetoing the Cars. <laughs> Sorry, no, it was Cameron. He invented the Cameron shaft. Uh, okay, <laughs> we could just cut this whole bit. I don't know. Does a, does a what's a loom? What does it do? It makes like fabric and stuff. How it. I thought it spins, but now I'm questioning myself. Well, what shape does it make when it makes the fabrics? Everything? I don't know. I, I just... You'd have to assume something spun if, if it sort of all comes together at one point, right? The whole thing's hurting my head. I, I think we always thought I we th- could enter these poem battles, but it's more work than I intended. Rufio the Badger is snoring in the corner, and once again you can see those black flaming shadow flames coming off of him, uh, and you hear like a rustle at the tent door. It seems like someone is trying to knock on the tent door. Yeah, um, come in, help yourself to a whatever we have here. Someone zips from the bottom, like bit of a gap, they don't zip it the whole way, just like halfway, and they kind of pop their head in, uh, and it is a gnome woman, and she says, you know all this is inside? Yeah, yeah. we're just... Double yeah. shelter. We just wanted a bit of home away from home, you know? It's it's not real convenient for everyone else. Well, you can come in. That's okay. Ah, oh, I'm good. Thank you. Uh, and the okay. gnome zips back up the tent and <laughs> departs. Uh, Frank notices there's a little bit left on the zipper. He goes, close it properly. Were you racing a tent? <laughs> uh, the gnome zips up the final <laughs> bit and you just hear like a muttered, yes, and it was not as nice as this one. <laughs> guys found out yesterday no well i guess it's today it's technically the same day you found out from a harold that father is assumed dead how are the boys processing that is that a thing that they're going to talk about yeah i think that um frank will be just rapid fire the questions in a way that's i mean like i think that that's what frank would do is to ask everything that's on his mind mm-hmm. all at once uh especially when there's like a moment where he thinks that he can get the answers without disrupting the flow of like what they're doing. 
So I think let's play that out. Yeah. So, so uh, Rufio did that thing again. I wonder, wonder what that's all about. I I don't know. I I'm beginning to wonder if it's because we took him from the trickster's realm, and I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I guess Rufio's always with us. Maybe that's just going to ring true all the way through. You know. Yeah, but is he even a real badger? Like, or is he just like some illusory badger that we just happen to... I feel like that's a long title then. The illusory horse-sized magical badger. That makes him way cooler, right? Anyway, that that's not really important, I guess. If As long as he's around for... They don't seem to be getting more like frequent, the, the whatever you call it, fire things. And it's kind of useful sometimes. He, he tends to appear upon our enemies. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just look at it that way for now. What about what about this whole thing with the the Herald? Uh, you'll have to be more specific. You, everybody who says that in a conversation knows exactly what someone's talking about. They just want them to say it out loud. The guy said that Dad might be dead. I doubt we'd be that lucky. Should I mean? Should we find out at least? I mean, what are we going to do? Go down to the war zone and inquire and say, is the mercenary leader actually dead? It's got to mean something that he's our dad. You would think so, but... Uh, I'd like to think that the way I am means that it means something to me, yeah, even Frank, if it didn't he mean didn't something to him. He didn't even stop to say goodbye when he left. Both of them, they just left. But they're part of who we are, and there must be something in him that still wants to be home. I think they forfeited that right long ago. Tremblesword the Goblin once again stands on his box holding the microcone uh, and shouts Round 3! First up is Gun vs Banner Banner jogs out onto the ground waving to the crowd smiling at the crowd and waving Frank makes his way out onto the stage as well I say stage but it's really just like a flat ground I'm In my mind it's a little bit like Gladiator Frank picks up the sand and looks at it in his hands and throws it over his shoulder. Benna looks at you and says, you're determined to take this from me as well. Uh, Frank reaches out to touch him on the shoulder and says, do you mind if I uh, ask you a few questions and you can answer honestly? And then he puts on the glasses because remember they work on consent. Yeah, I think that, I think I recall that being a thing. You need to roll a dice though. That's how the glasses work. Yep. Oh wait, I think you didn't need to roll a dice if you had consent. Yeah, yeah. But he says, now is hardly the time for that. So now you roll your dice. Any time is important. Well, I rolled a 20. <laughs> cool. You see his entire history in a moment. So looking at him through the magical sunglasses of memory, which I'm pretty sure that's what they were called, you see his most treasured memory, but you see it from his perspective. So suddenly you are a child 
and surrounding you is a ring of children. They encircle you, spinning around you, hurling insults. Their taunts ring out through the empty barn. You hold a broom somewhat defensively in case any try and get closer, but they seem content to simply throw their insults. Benna the bastard! Benna the bastard! They chant. The barn doors swing open and the children scatter as a tall, gaunt figure strides in the door. A figure that you, Frank, recognize as your father. That will be enough of that, you lot, the man says. You look at the man, and while you don't recognize the man, there is some familiarity. Something vaguely scratches at the back of your brain as you take in this man. He's tall with long blonde hair, a short blonde beard, and a kind smile on his face. His clothing looks well used and dirt covered. Well, let me have a look at you. You stand as the man peers at you. Yeah, she said you had the farmer look. There's no denying the farmer in you. You feel confused. I'm not a farmer, sir. I'm just a stable boy. She hasn't told you about me then? Who are you? Someone you're probably better off not knowing then, lad. I left some coin with your mum. She'll see you apprenticed in a proper trade. Maybe someday you can be a farmer. And like that, the man smiled, turned, and walked back out the door. And that's where we're going to end this episode. Shorty. Real short one. That's real, uh... That's real mean. I don't like Mr. Farmer, as in John Farmer. Yeah, John Farmer. Is that his name? John Farmer, John Farmer. a.k.a. The Rake. John, John Farmer. This will definitely be the last time to a 2020. What? You, you know John Farnham, the singer? Okay. He had like six return tours. It's a bit of an Aussie reference, but... It really is. So Aussie, I didn't even get it. <laughs> so he's like a singer from the 80s and he, in the 90s, and then he got... Like in the 2000s and 2010s, he like kind of retired from music and he did a, like a finishing tour and he called it uh, something like The Last Time because he had a song called The Last Time. Okay. And then he had another song, another tour and says, this is going to be the last yeah. time. And then another one. Okay. And like he's had like three since then. So now that you've built that context in the listener's mind, did you want to make the yeah. joke again? And now they'll yeah, get it sure. and they'll be like, oh, that was yeah. a good joke, Jesse. I was just thinking that John Farmer, the guy, was thinking this will be the last time that I leave a child destitute. But turns out it wasn't. <laughs> he's doing the return tour on his two kids. <laughs> uh. All right. Ah, abandonment jerks. Uh, well, this has been Roll for Friendship, a podcast about friendship and sometimes getting left by your father. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Content warning. That's been an, a real ending. Yeah. I didn't like where it ended. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Part two of the poem battle will be coming at you shortly. Uh, obviously, we're not real poets. We're not real rappers. Uh, so show us some grace for our word crimes that we did. Word crimes. I liked microcone though. That was that wasn't not a, a word, word crime. crime. Yeah, that I think that makes up genius. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a a delightful little delectable morsel of. It was some beautiful world building that we did there. For this has been Roll for Friendship, a podcast about friendship and sometimes dragons. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll be back. Yeah, with part two real soon. Stay tuned for that. Uh, if you tell someone about the podcast, even if it's just like you told the postman uh, about the podcast, let us know and we'll name a character after you. Uh, Benner is named after someone called Ben uh, in the Spout Law Discord, which is like a very good podcast. Uh, was uh, gave us a shout out in that Discord and I was like, I'll name a character after Ben. So nice. Um, don't plug other podcasts on our podcast, though, Jim. Yeah, 
we want people to only like selectively listen to us. Yeah, people There's not can a lot only out listen there. to one podcast. Ah, uh-huh, I didn't realize that. All right, we're gonna finish this podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay questy. I was thinking like he's been a farmer. He's been a, a doctor. He's been a something. You know, he's been lots of things. I'm gonna stop the. He's never been a brother. <laughs> <laughs>